Being Green. It's a podcast about the Muppet Show. I'm David. I'm Caitlin. And we're going to talk about this cool, weird show from the late 70s that you may know as the Muppet Show. That's right. It is a show by Jim Henson. And it is kind of messed up, but we're going to we're going to go into why. It's one of those things that you probably grew up with, so you just kind of accept it, but especially looking at it through adult eyes, there's, uh, there's more going on there than you remember when you were a kid. Plus, we're a whole new generation. I mean, you and I were born in the ancient year of 1997, long after the Muppets originally aired. Um, mm-hmm. And so we, I think, have a different perspective than our parents might have. So it'll be interesting to see um, what the millennial take on this beloved and very weird classic is. This is one of those things that, in retrospect, it predicted that kind of zany, kooky Gen Z humor. So we're going to see if we can just lean into that, inject some of that sweet, sweet humor into it. So, David, tell me and our listeners how this podcast is going to work. What are we going to talk about? What's the what's the structure going to look like? If structure is what you can even call it? That's a great question. Structure is what I'm going to call it. <laughs> so we are going to go... Episode by ep, episode, and we're going to briefly recap the episode, talk about uh, what happens in it, what it means, see what kind of meaning we can we can pull from it. Is this going to be like an English class? Like, are we going to have to look into the symbolism of of the different scenes? Like, are we going to have to... Of the white curtains? Yeah. Yeah. The white curtains, but it's like... Piggy's longing glance at Kermit. Like, what does what does that mean? What can we determine? <laughs> um, no, it's gonna be. Um, not only uh, is it gonna be fun and conversational, but also we are gonna try our best to structure it so that if you have never seen a single episode of The Muppet Show, you don't have to. If you just want to listen to us talk about it, that's great. But also you should listen to the episode if you can, because the show is actually very entertaining and it, it holds up. It it does. It's like SpongeBob SquarePants. You realize like a lot of these jokes aren't for the kids. A lot of these jokes are for the adults, which actually dovetails effortlessly into a little backstory of The Muppet Show. Jim Henson is a puppeteer who rose to prominence on Sesame Street, which is a children's show, um, and he had seen um, a lot of success from that, and then he took some of his more obscure characters from Sesame Street called Muppets and made an entire show about them for adults. Caitlin, would you like to tell the audience what the what the pilot for the Muppet show was called? Is that the one that's sex and violence? It is sex and violence. <laughs> They had like a Valentine's Day episode, and then they also did Sex and Violence, which I've been meaning to watch, and I haven't. I mean, like, I guess it's that like that raunchy like after dark Muppet stuff. I 
I'm not sure, but I have a feeling that the network made them tone it down to make it more family-friendly and so that it would actually get picked up. can't believe we didn't get the Muppet rave that we deserved. I want to see Fozzie Bear snort coke off of Piggy's ass. Who's to say that won't happen later in The Muppet Show? In the seasons that we're watching, we haven't watched it. I've watched the first episode recently in preparation for this. It was like four or five seasons. Exactly. You know, John Denver gets in there. Maybe things get a little fun. You never know what's going to (laughs) happen. Maybe John John Denver spices it up a little bit. He does. I I think we're going to get... You don't know what's going to (laughs) happen when Johnny D comes around. It's true. All bets are off. All right. Well... With that uh, little bit of context out of the way, let's uh, jump into what happens in this episode. All right. So, ep one. The host is a lady named Juliet Prouse. And if there's anybody out there who doesn't know, um, each Muppet Show episode has a different host, usually some kind of celebrity guest who's an actress, dancer, singer, or somebody who would have been well-known at the time. Um, I know in later seasons, there's people like John Denver, who we mentioned. Johnny D. Johnny D. <laughs> Kenny Rogers, I think, is in an episode. And then there's some that I have never heard of, and Juliet Prowse is one of them. Um, so I did some research on her, which I can talk about later. But she's actually a pretty pretty interesting lady. Which I will say, I also did not know who she was, and I also did no research. So from what I understand is she is some kind of Broadway lady who... Um, uh, is good at dancing. You are absolutely correct. Um, Boom time. <laughs> so um, on the show, they describe her as a dancer, which is true. Um, she was known for her attractive legs, according to this Wikipedia mm. article, which I am currently reading, um, which is interesting that people are known for their legs. I feel like I don't think about people's legs that often, but I guess when you're... It was, this, it was the late 70s. That was like the whole thing. So she was born in... I believe, India, and she um, was raised in South Africa and then came to the U.S. to pursue her her career in the arts, I guess, TV, theater, all of that jazz. To pursue her dream of being on a nationally syndicated puppet show. Exactly. The dream that we all aspire to achieve someday. Mm. She was in a bunch of movies. She met Frank Sinatra on the set of one of them, and they were engaged for a brief time. Which is exciting. And then after that, they broke off the engagement. Um, They didn't really say what happened there. But then she started up a relationship with none other than Elvis Presley because it was the 60s. He was a real person who dated real women. Well, dated is a a loose term here because um, it specifically says that their relationship was physical. Um, So that's interesting. If we weren't a... uh, censored podcast i would say that juliet prowse fucked elvis um, but david's gonna end it that one out for me <laughs> we listen we don't we're not entirely sure how the bleeping situation is gonna work so let's just go on the record and say that juliet prowse fucked elvis so during her career there's there's one other interesting thing that i want to note about her um before she died in 1994 of pancreatic well Oh, wait, she died in 96. She was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 1994 and um, died of it in 96. So she's she's been gone for a while. But shortly before that, she was mauled by the same 80-pound leopard on two occasions. And the second time, they had to sew her ear back on. Oh, my God. So that's fun. That was after her Muppet Show <laughs> appearance. 
Um, but if you if you need a fun fact to take back to your friends, it's that Juliet Prowse was mauled twice by the same leopard. I don't know why she went back around it after the first mauling, but she is a braver lady than I. Listen, fool me once. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. Oh boy. Yeah. So that's her. That's also That's Juliet Prowse. That is. She's pretty interesting lady. Interesting lady, great dancer, which you you will see if you watch if you watch the episode. She does a dance number during it, and it's beautiful on her part. Kind of weird on the Muppet Show part, but uh, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, spo- spoiler alert. She does a whole like dance, like a whole like dream ballet sequence with these big green um, spaghetti looking giraffe things. Oh, see, I like I like that description. You say spaghetti giraffes. I said sock giraffes and Molly was watching the episode. Mm. Molly is is my girlfriend and David's sister. Um, For those of you out there who don't know us, which should be none of you, because I assume everyone who Mm. listens to us knows us in real life. Mm-hmm. Molly described these sock slash spaghetti giraffes as the worm on the string that you see in like gift shops that looks really cool, but it's literally just a worm on a string that costs like $15. Siri, Google, dancing worm, <laughs> toy. Siri. Siri. If you get a video of a dancing worm, you should you should send it to me, even if it's not that worm. I think it'd just be neat. All right, Siri's telling me that it's a, a magic twisty. There's no way that's what it is. That sounds like a like a stripper name, in my opinion. Magic twisty. Yes. Um, twisty with two e's. Twisty T W I S T E E. Listen, I wasn't on board, but that but that spelling correction that sold me. I call it. I'm saving it for future reference for my my future career. I mean, like. W- we will have ample time to get a quick TM on that before this goes out on the airwaves. So <laughs> you could hop on that. Absolutely. Okay, so the show starts up. Um, they're in their in their vaudeville theater, and uh, they went into the great, great Muppet theme song. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. So on and so on. Truly a masterpiece. Um, and then they go straight into. Uh, a, a skit, I guess I would call it, called Manamana, which you've definitely heard it. It enters your head, and then it never, ever, ever leaves again. But it's very catchy. There are worse things to it have stuck in your a home in there. It truly does. During the scene, you've got the two bird muppets, for lack of a better term. It's really hard to describe sure, muppets yeah. because their bodies have no rules. It's just whatever mm. some puppeteer on, on crack decided to build that day, and that is what they put on, on stage. But you've got these two mm-hmm. bird-like creatures who are singing the mana, the, the bidoo bidoo boop, like that thing. And then mm. you've got this, this man who... How, how would you describe him, David? I'll say that Molly described him as you in high school. <laughs> and then she showed me pictures. But he's got these these sunglasses and this this really extra top hat. And he kind of has this this stoner rocker vibe to him. And he's just going, mano, mano, the, the whole time and, and jumping back and forth. The progression of this is he's, he's kind of like interrupting their fun song with his manamanas trying to make it a thing um and then eventually 
he gets sad. He can tell that they are not into his interjections, so he walks away. And by the way, props to the Muppeteers for giving this puppet this look of, of genuine sadness as he realizes that his two friends don't value him and his contributions, and he walks away. That got dark really quickly. That It you, did. You got a lot more out of that than I did. I just wrote down drugs, question mark, question mark, question mark. That was that was my take from this scene. But you're you're going on about his his emotions. That's pretty good. I assume they omitted the scene where he snorts a, a bunch of cocaine and then starts singing his demented song. That's a follow on from Sex and Violence. Um, and you you know what? That's appropriate because it was a little sexy. <laughs> Listen, I'm not I'm not scared to admit it. It was a little sexy. I'm I'm really glad that that did it for you, David. That's uh that is quite a take. I I wrote down it goes on too long. I I thought it was too much. <laughs> it it did not do it for me. I thought he just needed to to get it together and leave those poor bird things alone. They were just trying to sing their nice song, and he comes swaggering in with his little non-existent Muppet feet. But I guess I guess you found it found it i don't want to say erotic that doesn't feel no. right here but you found it appealing there we go see i will say it does go on for a super long time and there's like it's one of those bits where there's only one joke and they repeat it over and over and over again and over and over i think that's what happens in this muppet episode that's that's pretty accurate because at the very end of the bit, he calls, he, he leaves, he's finally given up, he leaves the studio, mm-hmm. door closes behind him, and then they yeah. show Kermit, he gets a call, and the guy's calling back to say his mana mana again, and it is objectively funny. Like, it went from funny to, like, an overplayed joke to funny again, which is actually pretty impressive. Good on you, Jim Henson. So, that's mana mana. Um... See, after that, we get a great, okay, we get a great interaction between Kermit and Scooter and Muppy. Um, Turns out Scooter's uncle owns the theater. You can tell. You can just look at his face and know that he's he's got like a rich patriarchal figure in his life that's that's bankrolling him. What a stupid jacket. (laughs) You know what? I'm I'm sorry, Scooter. That, That was uncalled for. It was a little called for. I'm hoping he redeems himself in later seasons, but right now Scooter's just—he's just not doing it for me. And you know, it's hopefully we'll get some kind of character arc from Scooter. But I mean, like he—he's not mean. He's not outwardly like an asshole or anything. He just is, you know, kind of kind of privileged and pompous. Which I think is worse. I think I'd rather him be mean because at least then he's mm. interesting. But here he's just kind of—he's just too much. He's just like that that guy at school, you know? You know the you know the one? You know the type. Liz, I know the one, and guess what? The listeners, they also know the one. Uh and then Gonzo attempts to eat a tire. He gets booed off stage though, because he um doesn't do it very well. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. So he eats the tire, but he doesn't eat the tire in a cookie monster way where he just like shoves the tire in his face and starts chomping. Mm-hmm. He eats the tire. By taking a small bite out of it and then chewing and standing there. He doesn't go ape shit on it. 
This is a very calculated move, and it is objectively hilarious. Slowly. Slowly. Deliberately. I think Gonzo is the most unsung hero in The Muppet Show. And I will die on that on that ledge. That's not the expression. I think he, he is also underrated. I think as a kid, Gonzo was, was one of my fave Mupps. He's just, he's cute. He's fun. He's risky. He's what I aspired to be. I'm a very risk-averse person, and he's out here eating tires and shooting out of cannons and, and all this fun stuff Absolutely. that they tell you not to do. I will say his voice, um, I'm calling it right now, is going to get pretty grating on the ears. Yeah, but he's a Muppet. They're all grating. <laughs> well, but like, well, Kermit's over here, and then Fozzie, blah, 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 blah. But Gonzo's like this. Hey, Kermit. I'm going to go fuck my chicken wife now, ah, which is my gonzo impression. Maybe we should change the name of our show to Fuck My Chicken Wife. Fuck My Chicken Wife. Hello. <laughs> which, okay, first diversion. These, these, these puppeteers, these Muppeteers, some of them make choices, like they have to choose these characters' voices. And sometimes they choose voices like this, knowing that they have to do that for like four seasons and once you're locked in there's no real way to like kill that muppet off that's a good point i didn't think about that but i mean also you don't know that it's going to be four seasons when you start out you hope it will be but you're banking on that first season you're just hoping that the pilot takes off and so you got to go all in so gonzo's voice actor i I should know the voice actors better than i do but he he made a, a choice there but it worked so, you know he what? He did make a choice. I, I see what you're saying, and I, I appreciate it, but also, I think he made the right call by giving Gonzo a god-awful voice. Absolutely. Okay, so here we are now first introduced to the host, Juliet Prowse, I, like six or seven minutes into the episode, which in TV time is a sizable chunk. And what I wrote down is, Juliet has a gorgeous kimono. Did you see that thing? Her outfit is incredible. It's beautiful. It flows when she dances. It was one of the most incredible costume choices I have ever seen in my life. I'm obsessed. Ep one, and already such a such a rich, gorgeous shade of of kimono. It's it's captivating. So yeah, so now we're in this weird dream sequence with these noodle giraffes or sock giraffes, whatever you may. I. I wonder if they were um, high on marijuana or on like bath salts when they came up with this. I think a healthy mix of both is probably the answer here. But yeah, uh, and it finishes up to the delight of the audience and to the dismay of those grumpy old men, Statler and Waldorf. My absolute favorites. They, do you relate to them? I, I truly do. I, I've looked up some quotes by them. They're so good. They're so funny and so... Their chemistry. Their humor is so dry. They are a critical part of the Muppet Show experience, and I'm glad and better off for having known them in this way. I mean, like, it it was too family-friendly. They needed some catty old men talking shit about the performance to really sell it for me. I agree. Although you say it's, Which, you say it's family friendly, but there are some scenes in the show that I, I truly question the <laughs> the family notions behind it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because it was the seventies. Maybe it's because 
it wasn't actually for children and it was really for adults the whole time, which is a theory that I can get into on another episode. But. Uh, and then we get this song from Ralph on the piano. This is um, without a doubt my favorite part of this entire. This is my favorite part of the episode. Can, this you, is, can you summarize this? So, so Ralph sings this song. Ralph is, is a dog. Um, who, who plays the piano, which I would also like to point out that there's another dog on this episode who... Muppy. Muppy, thank you. That is his name. Who's an actual dog, doesn't talk, doesn't do anything. It's kind of like a, a goofy Pluto dichotomy where you've got one who's like an actual yeah. dog and one who's like humanized. Anyways. Gets into some weird politics, yeah. It really does. But so Ralph is, is playing this song on the piano, a very talented musician. And the song is called You and I and George. It's only about 30 seconds long, but the gist of it is that this the, the singer of the song is, is on this outing with the girl that he likes and this guy, George. And they're all having a good time. And all of a sudden, George just walks into a brook and drowns himself. And that's cool. it. That's the whole song. He washes out to sea that, and the song ends. That's the joke. That's it. Which, to be fair, George is the ultimate wingman. Imagine your best friend jumping into a brook and dying so that you can be alone with a woman. Hey, listen, I'm trying to be alone with Shelly. Will you please drown yourself, please? That's a true writer die right And he does it. He did. He did it for Ralph, I assume. Who do you think Ralph would date in the Muppet universe? I'm curious. Because he doesn't have a romantic interest, right? He just plays piano and hangs out no he might be um not interested he might be asexual or maybe just like celibate i'm not sure i get the feeling that he just loves the piano so much that that's where his his true passion is he's so dedicated to that that he doesn't really need to be in a relationship right now which i i think we more people could and should be uh willing to say He's focused on his career, and I respect that. Hmm. He's very talented, and he should pursue his passions and not be be held back by some woman or man or genderless being. I'm trying to be inclusive here. Um, <laughs> if I had to put a name on it, I would say probably a chicken, though. That seems to be a common thread. There's just a lot of chickens. I think it's just ease of access, really. It's a numbers game at this point, yeah, man. Yeah, just statistically, you're more Shit. likely to date a chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that <laughs> there's that song, <laughs> which which gets which is dark. Yeah, um, that that happens. There's another. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a. I I think this is going to be a recurring bit. Uh, it called Kermit Chat, where the host is not like singing or dancing or anything, just talking to Kermit. Um, about, uh, <laughs> which Julia Prowse says that Kermit is very handsome, that he is, she says, I'd go as far as to say that you're the Robert Redford of frogs. Ooh. And then Kermit gets some, he gets a smoocherino. He does. Now, my question is, do you think that these scenes are improvised between the, the, ho- I guess the guest and, and Kermit? Or do you think that these are scripted? Because this feels like something that would just happen organically. Like, I would hope that the writers could have come up with something better than, like, a little a little smooch. 
You thought there would be more tongue involved. <laughs> I did. You know what? I think I think Jim Henson really missed an opportunity by not giving it giving Kermit a tongue. Unless he did, and I just haven't noticed. Either way, it was not used in that scene. You wanted to see some human on puppet Frenching. You know it's happened. That's probably what happens in sex and violence. We keep alluding mm-hmm. to this episode, and I feel like we're going to watch it, and actually it's going to be something super tame. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I prefer this notion that it's just this wild, lawless episode where there's just parties and drugs and crime and all kinds of sexual mischief between puppets of various <laughs> species. <laughs> species and, and, you know, colors and races and creeds. It's very progressive, I will say. Yeah. I, I appreciate this diverse representation of absolutely of felt-based creatures. <laughs> See, I like the implication of all this, all this saucy, raunchy stuff. I think it gives the episode an air of tension. You know, mm-hmm. just just like you wait on bated breath to see if there's going to be tongue. You just want to know. I just want to know, and there um, never is. I, 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 just keeps me coming back, you know. It does. That's that's how they get you. Oh boy, <laughs> Caitlin, do you know what time it is? What time is it, David? It's cowboy time. Oh man! <laughs> yes, <laughs> Kermit literally introduced. It's okay. It's a scene about Fozzie the kid, but Kermit introduces it by saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, it's cowboy time," which I just love. That's incredible. It is. Um, it's the Ralph is, you know, playing the piano and then Fozzie, the kid, comes up into the bar and he says, this is a, you know, this is a stick up. Give me all your uh, fucking uh, puppet gold or whatever he says. Um, yep, that's a direct he, quote, isn't it? Give me all your puppet is. gold. <laughs> all your puppet gold. Uh, but then the bartender says, you ain't got no guns. Those are pickles. And everybody laughs at him, making fun of him. And then he pulls out one of the pickles and opens fire with these pickles. No one's laughing now. <laughs> except me. Except, except all of America. <laughs> Nobody in the bar is laughing. And the bit keeps going. So first he shoots up a bar with pickles. Then he pulls out this apple. with a, It's like a, like a grenade. And he pulls the pin out of it. And the apple explodes. And he's just completely decimating this... This Western bar with produce. I, I, how do you come up with that? It strikes me as something that can only come out of the the pure heart of a child. I, I agree with the heart of a child part. I don't know about pure, but I do know several children who mm. would have similar ideas. It gets uh, it gets very serious. It gets very real. It does. It's like in in comedy specials when the comedian is telling all these jokes and all of a sudden they reach back and and tell you their trauma and you're like oh like do i laugh should i not i don't i don't know what the appropriate conduct is here and then the whole bit's over in like a minute definitely what you want in a comedy special is to bring things to a screeching halt by getting very dark very quickly that's true it provides that release once you get back to the funny and it, it just makes Absolute. the joy that much stronger, which I think is ultimately mm. the goal of the Muppet Show is to to test those boundaries and and make you laugh and and really just kind of mend all of your emotions together. 
I think that's beautiful. And to all you haters out there, yeah, I'm talking to you haters, <laughs> saying, hey, you guys are reading far too much into The Muppet Show. It's just a bunch of stupid goofs and puppets talking about some bullshit. Uh, you're wrong. There's substance here. There's meaning here. And if you weren't too chicken shit to get outside of yourself for one second, you'd realize this is art. This is the voice of God manifesting itself through felt and fur. Wow, David. That was beautiful. I'm sorry that I got so impassioned, but I'm just so tired of of it. I'm tearing up. You know, I actually, now that you say that, I don't I don't know a single person who isn't like really enthused about the Muppets. Like I know that they're out there. And maybe I just have a weird social circle. But I feel like anybody who's heard about this podcast or I've talked about the Muppets with has gotten like really excited and been like, Oh, I used to love that as a kid. Like you totally have a great idea. And so, you know what? Even though there are those haters out there who are going to say that this is just a stupid kid show, we've also got people on our side supporting us and really just just backing our, our cause of reading incredibly deeply into every act of The Muppet Show and taking copious notes. Absolutely. And if you want to step to us, message us on social media. We'll leave our social media linked we're gonna let hey we're gonna stay plugged in waiting for you david yeah do do we have social media we can (laughs) have that we are creating social media for being green specifically for the haters to come and attack us and also to post all of the muppet memes that are circulating the internet because there are so many oh we're about to get to my favorite Actually, I said that the Ralph song was my favorite part of the episode, which is true. But my other favorite part is the Glee Club acapella cover of Temptation, that Kermit and Co. cover at the end. Which, as someone who was previously in an acapella group, I would like to say, really, that's just what being in an acapella group is like. Oh, um, that was accurate. That wasn't a cartoonish That was accurate. representation. Exactly. Mm. They all, it starts out as a scene where, where Kermit's trying to lead his, his little choir of, of Muppets and none of them can coordinate. They're all singing their own thing. And finally he gets them together and they, they start singing this beautiful syncopated version of, of Temptation. And Piggy, Miss Piggy has the solo. And this is where we really start to see her, her love and her infatuation for Kermit blossom from the very beginning in the, in the start of, of this season. Um, and, and a legend is truly born in these two. But Piggy has the solo, and so she embodies her temptation and moves closer to him and starts to... Top him is not the correct phrase here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... It, hey, it is the right word. <laughs> she, she's, she's kind of, like, trying to, like, come on to him, I guess, for, for lack of a better term. And Kermit, to his credit, is trying very hard to just maintain order and keep directing his choir, who seem very unconcerned by this behavior from Miss Piggy. I would describe Piggy's affection for Kermit as unrequited. It, it truly is. He's he's really not in the mood. He's got a job to do. He, he doesn't really seem to want a romantic interest right now. I mean, obviously, we all know that they end up together. But, like, how is it going to happen? How is that going to play out throughout the series? There's a lot of exciting opportunity for character growth here. It's very true. The Muppet Show is nice because you can watch episodes individually and not miss much, but there is an underlying story going through. Yeah, kind of the the beauty of of the Muppet Show is it 
it's a plot that's ever evolving. Like it's still going. They're still making new Muppet movies. That's that's a good point. And actually, what really got me back into the Muppets when I was in my my early teen years um, was the Muppet movie that they released back in mm, what year was that? Two thousand thirteen. 12 13 is that the one with jason siegel yeah yeah and amy adams um ah that movie rules it really does that's that's what got got me back into the muppets and that's when i kind of came back and watched the dvd versions of the muppet show but they're still making movies they're still putting out content and it's it's good and it's one of those things that isn't isn't going away it's got the nostalgia factor but it's also got the new humor um, there's also an ABC show that's actually geared towards adults about the muppets um, that i watched a little bit of it's pretty good too Definitely would recommend checking that out if you haven't yet. It's on Disney Plus as well. Listen, if you're driving, if you are working your shift at the hospital, stop doing like stop what you're doing right now and watch this Muppet content. Well, it depends on what you're doing at your shift at, at the hospital. If you're if you're treating someone medically, please continue doing that. I beg you. But like anything else, stop and, and consume this content. I would Listen, recommend it. Doctors, <laughs> pilots, uh, uh police officers stop what you're doing right now go watch the muppet show you won't regret it so the show wraps up uh with juliet prowse they i'm not sure if they're gonna keep this bit going for every host but they make a muppet version of juliet prowse and i thought that was very cute and fun i can actually answer that question for you david they only did it for the first couple of episodes and then it got too costly because if you're making a muppet every week it it adds up pretty quickly bummer but that's what i assume yeah i think they did a special one for um a mid-series episode like they had a, a christmas special or something like that where they made one but otherwise it just didn't really work out um so you didn't get anything for being on the muppet show besides the sheer joy of being on the muppet show yeah, got a free trip to London out of it. That is true. I, I forgot that it was filmed in London. I never knew that when before we started watching and, and doing some research. I guess I always just assumed it was an American thing. The humor is very American, so that makes sense. That's true. Everything about it is American <laughs> except for the, the filming location. Right. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, listener, thank you so much for listening to Being Green. We know you have a lot of podcasts you could listen to, but you chose this one. Are there any other Muppet podcasts out there? Uh, better not be. That's <laughs> that's the whole reason that we chose to do this. With that, uh, we're going to get on out of here. Tune in next week when we're going to be talking about what else? The Muppet Show. Our intro and outro music is Muppet Mash by Pogo. Check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Twitter, wherever you want. All right. Hit them with the... Hit with our catchphrase, Caitlin. Being green? What? What is our catchphrase? Do we have a catchphrase? It's cowboy time. Oh my god. <laughs> it's cowboy time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming. What do you think the catchphrase should be? Um, mana, mana. So true. <laughs> so true, bestie. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.